Hey, this is Chris Fox. And I'm Maddie Glitterati. Thank you for listening to the Dirty Pillows podcast. We're here to tell you a little tiny bit about one of our favorite things, which is Anchor. By Spotify. It's literally the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record, edit, everything for your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening pod, uh, listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It makes everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Totally free. Like no money. No money. <laughs> so download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we'll see you there. Ooh. Ahoy! Okay, wait, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> I actually gonna play that intro music. Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Hi. I get so wrapped up in our intro that I don't know when to actually start talking because it's so good. It's fun. Thank you again, Jordan Ladd. Yeah, thanks, Jordan Ladd. Thank you, Skip Shirey. I like listening to you guys right before we start. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dirty Pillows Podcast. I'm Chris Fox. And I'm Maddie Glitterati. And we are going to talk about Grand Openings. The scariest opening scenes in horror. I got your grand opening right here. I've got your grandma opening right Ew, here. Ew, that's gross. That, that is gross and inappropriate. When I was young, we saw a scream in the theater. <laughs> okay, grandma, go to bed now. <laughs> Before we dive into this top 10 list of our scariest opening scenes ever... I thought we maybe would uh, talk about what's new. Yeah, what's new? Hey, poopy pants. What's new? (laughs) I love having a little Sherry Moon zombie before we talk about new things. Yes. So, all right. What did we watch this week that's new? Um, Well, first off, we watched, uh, you can catch on Shudder, anything for Jackson. Yeah, that was delightful. Uh, that was really disturbing. <laughs> Just a heartwarming film set in a snowy landscape. You know, but Grandma, speaking of Grandma. Speaking, yeah, uh, Grandma. <laughs> they don't just get run over by reindeers. They also, you know, invoke, possess babies. Invoke Satan and, you know, <laughs> kidnap their neighbors. I love a little heartwarming tale about a grandma and a grandpa just asking Satan for their a child leg up. back. Like, yeah, hey, just. Can we have our dead grandson back? Yeah, please. Uh, it had such a good, creepy little opening scene, too, which I thought was very appropriate. Yeah. Um, it was a weird movie to watch. Like, again, there's a delay when we're doing this. So we're doing this, like, when the world is a little bit on fire. And um, yes, it, uh, <laughs> it was an odd film to kind of watch in lieu of what was going on, in light, in light of what was going on. But... Um, you know, there's there's a cop that's featured heavily in it that was difficult to watch, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of the scares in that movie are very disturbing. It's I mean, <laughs> and we like disturbing, but 
Yeah, I mean, I liked the movie. What did you think about it? I thought that that it was great. It got both the lead actors were phenomenal. Yeah, you know, and it was really nice to see people that were over the age of like sixteen in a yeah, horror film, like, you know, and over, especially over the age of like sixty and uh, not adults. Just, yeah, yeah, and not just being like a medium. Like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, you usually only get actors in this age range of being kind of like the gas station attendant or the medium in horror films. So yeah. it was nice to see them as the leads, and I thought they both did a fantastic job. And yeah, their, their acting was absolutely like impeccable. You can tell they're definitely both masters of their craft. Yeah, yeah, it was a great film. Uh, I had a bit of a problem with the third act. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I wasn't a super duper fan of the ginger. Um, Satanist. Satanist, yeah. <laughs> With that, like, Comey. It was like... I might have just hated his hair yeah. more than I hated his acting. <laughs> and it I was think, really bad hair. I think I hated it because I've had that hair at times. You know, where you, like, overly dye it and it's a little fried and you're like, maybe I'll just brush it over my face. It felt like it was, like, 45's hair. But, like, to the side. It was... And went up and around like a little hurricane. Yeah, it was a little, like, rock me like a hurricane. <laughs> circa early 2000s. I love Hot Topic. Flock kind of Satanism. And I'm not weird. into that yeah. aesthetic. I like my Satanist, like, Ruth Gordon in Rosemary's Baby. Like, be a cool neighbor <laughs> that makes me some snacks. I don't want to think Helps that maybe you're... Right sh- by the devil. You shop at Hot Topic. So... Forgive God, some of- Mom, give me some snacks. <laughs> I'm not hungry. <laughs> We've got the purple stuff. And we got, oh, Sunny Delight. Yeah, he- uh, yeah no, I, uh, I I did enjoy it, though, very much. I just, um, the, the, one of the casting decisions was a little questionable. Just but- make sure you floss before the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will never floss again. And I apologize in advance. That's so gross. It was, it was, it was, it makes your teeth hurt. Uh, Also, contortionism is given a highlight in a way that I have not seen in a film in a long time. (laughs) Contortionism, I, I, is that, I, I like that word for it. No, like the contortionist. I mean, know contortionism is like that a not belief. a real word. Is I, that I don't what know, but it's like a belief. I believe in the power of contortionism. Oh my god, we have so many friends that are contortionisty, <laughs> circusy people. All of you guys just weigh in. Do you call your? Do you call your the act of what you do, contortionism? <laughs> when your body is like that, are you contortionized? I wonder. Uh, cont- and can you do contorted. that with a bag over it's your contorted. head? Contorted. the contorted in the hair. You know. Contorted. <laughs> A tale of, of quick quickness um, when you're doubled over. Oh my god, so scary though. But yeah, good, good film. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, the other film that was new, both of these I know have come out a little bit ago, but we're just getting around to them right now. And um, also because... And that's we're, okay, because we're on our own timeline. We're on nobody else's but our own. We're also on a budget. And um, <laughs> the second film is Freaky. And ah, freaky, freaky. Freaky is so delicious and so fun. Um... But again, it, uh, we were on a budget, and that movie was $20 for kind of a while. And it yeah. just went down to, like, five bucks, so you can actually get it affordably now. It is worth $20, though. And we don't support stealing of movies. No. Pay for your movies. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, but yes, I, it was... Del- oh, my gosh. What a fun movie Freaky was. Um, I mean... Vince Vaughn, he has his own kind of problems as a human being. But how nice to see him back in something. Where... I know. <laughs> how nice to see him pretending to be like a 16-year-old girl. I think, yeah. With him and like Jack Black doing that and Jumanji. Yeah, Jumanji. I'm really into these actors that are a little <laughs> bit not my cup of tea playing blonde girls. Yeah. 
I find that that's sort of redemptive. Like maybe we could get other actors that kind of annoy me to like to play sixteen year old girls, and we like them more. I I I just really like the fact that it was kind of you had your usual kind of premise, like Freaky Friday. You know, where two unsuspecting polar opposite sort of people, <laughs> they're getting, just... they switch souls, you know, in their bodies. Polar opposite. But this time, it's a serial killer and a nerdy girl in, um, who, in, in high school. And we all say that she's Hollywood nerdy because she's gorgeous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, maybe school has changed since I was in school in the 90s, but back in the day... You'd have to throw some glasses on that girl, at least, if you're going to make me believe that she's a nerd. She's gorgeous. True. I was watching it just kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah. The beautiful black girl, the beautiful gay boy, the beautiful blonde, everyone hates you in school, I bet. I'm sure. Silly gooses. But um, but no, I, I think that that's, the, the, the queer representation in Freaky is super important. Um, and I think it's great to see that, you know? Yeah. And it's 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 never really brought up. It's just a matter of factly. Like it's just like this is just her best friend. And I mean, if you were just kind of in like popular adjacent in high school, you're gonna have that flaming queen. Like popular adjacent. <laughs> um, I think I was maybe popular adjacent. I think we all were a little bit. Just adjacent, but yeah. But also nerd adjacent to I was like um, the Venn diagram. Floater. <laughs> I was a floater. A floater. Were we in? The, we weren't in the C group, were we? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree. And I like that uh, the director is a gay director, and he also is the director of Happy Death Day. Yeah. And the sequel. Um, so he is super fun to to watch, and what a treat that we have somebody like that working now that's putting. Queer content into horror films because we don't get that enough, and they didn't make it like a thing. Like the boy wasn't dealing with his gay bashings or his like he was just a regular character. I mean, d- doesn't he one time where he, <laughs> where he tries to tell his mom he's straight? Yeah, she's like, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I've known you for a very. <laughs> I love that he's watching Luann get kicked off of a camel. Yeah. <laughs> When he has his best friend who's possessed tied to a chair. And he's like, just like babysitting a demon, basically. Like, and, um, and they're watching The Real Housewives. And watching one of the only things I know about The Real Housewives, which is Luann. I, no, um... Not riding camels well. That was amazing to me. I actually interviewed to be her personal assistant once. To be Luann's personal assistant? Yes. <laughs> the Duchess Luann. And I almost... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, would she remember you? Can we get Luann on a podcast? Probably not. She didn't hire me. Maybe. What was her hit song again? I don't even remember. Text me, beat me. I don't know. Um, uh, I, I'm okay with not knowing. I love that that. that went away out of my brain. You guys see, sometimes this reality stuff seems poisonous and you're like, I'm going to remember this like I remember like the Oscar Mayer Wiener song for the rest of my life and it's never going to go away. But sometimes it does go away. Is it Tardy for the Party? Tardy! Yeah! <laughs> Wait, was that her or somebody else? I think that was a different one. Oh, God. I think that was a blonde one. That was the one with the wigs in Atlanta that wasn't black. Okay, well, let's just let let it be known that we are not Real Housewives fans. Fans. No. I'm not. uh, I'm having questions about you now. I happened to a Housewives house party once in Brooklyn. I met one of my really good friends at actually a Housewives party. 
Whatever. This is gross. <sighs> We're deleting it. Never. Not- like, this will never. <laughs> this will ruin everything. Everyone's unsubscribing to us immediately. Um, so go see Freaky. Don't watch The Real Housewives. Do there- yourselves a favor. <laughs> Another really good thing about the Freaky movie was the opening scene. You know, like the opening was a good callback oh. to Scream and to like some of these um, 90s like Shaka Shaka Shock Me slasher yeah. openings. Because brutal. We, 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 we were talking about how that hasn't been as prevalent, you know, in a lot of... Um, in our horror renaissance that we're having. Yes, right it, ha- it hasn't been really kind of... They haven't had that entire, like, first kill of introducing characters that really you never see again just for the sheer fact of you getting... We've been doing a lot of slow burns for the movies that are really good slow recently. Burn. We were trying to think for this list and try to find some, like, modern examples of this. And yeah, Freaky was on our our shortlist because it has a really fantastic opening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we were trying to run in the in the, in the mascot outfit. Oh yeah, oh, my God! I was we were really good friends in high school with the school mascot. She was one of the bad kids with us, um, and she was like homecoming queen because we were naughty. But uh, I kept thinking of my friend Julie. Hi, Julie. Uh, I was thinking of Julie running away from a serial killer dressed as like a ram, you know, and. <laughs> It would be more effective because she was, what, like a beaver? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you're getting chased by a serial killer and you're dressed like a beaver, you're fucked. (laughs) Some of these, like, some of these mascots are kind of, like, aggressive. So, you know. We were the Trojans, so. What were you, a condom? Uh (laughs) (laughs) We were ramped. I went to a lot of high schools. I was a cougar at one. I think you are the still a cougar. Animal, not the housewife. <laughs> and we um, and we're Rams. And I don't remember what we were at Chupuco High School, but uh, but yeah, Rams. <laughs> golly, golly! All right, so like, so uh, since that opening was really good, it didn't actually make our list because there were too many. There was a lot. We <laughs> there were too many. It was really hard to make this list and I feel like we're going to say that every week, but it was tricky. We are doing things a little different this time. We're going to share our list as a as a unit. Yes. Um we're still a couple we didn't break up over making these decisions. Not yet. I'm so proud of us. Um so we did do our top 10 of our scariest opening scenes of all time. And this is our joint list. Yeah, and and we we want to make sure that you guys know uh, this is in reference to opening scenes. We felt that they kind of fell into a lot of different categories, you know, like but we like really, what is an opening scene? What counts? Um, I mean, yeah. So I, I I like I for example, I was like, well, what about Hereditary? And we're like, wait, that's a slow burn. That's the entire. First I was trying act. to remember what the opening scene was, and I was like, this is not scary. And he was talking about the big twist, <laughs> which happens like 45 minutes into yeah. the movie. <laughs> so, guess that's, that's not, not an, an opening. opening. That doesn't count. Um, so we were thinking, oh, it should be before the credits. But there's a couple movies in this list that happen right after the credits. Because sometimes the credits are like, this is the movie, credits. And uh. then, then you get your opening scene. Sometimes you get an opening scene, like a cold open, and then... You have the credits afterwards. Right. So our, our rules were basically it has to either be the scene right before or right after the credits. Uh, the credit sequence can count. Yes. And uh, what else? Oh, the times could be like anywhere from like two minutes to like, like 20. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is what we're thinking is scariest. Not you know, the that best. Actually, that actually like scare you and... Huh! 
So we do have some honorable mentions that did not make this list that we will hit and address later. Um, I think maybe do we want to just get to number 10 and we can say the name of the movie at the same time? Yeah, okay. we, we can try. <laughs> we can try. All right, we keep, we're going to do this in unison, all right? So we picked these as a unit. Okay, so number 10 movie is The Ghost Ring. Ghost Ship. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot oh. to update my list. <laughs> we know. No, it's okay. I tricked you on purpose with that. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> I cheated, and I put my movie in the list. Hey! Instead of the movie we decided was going to be number 10. Um, <laughs> so for number 10, we have a tie. And we are going to try not to cheat like this all the time. But it's our podcast and our rules, and if we want to cheat so, in our top 10 list, we can. 10 yeah. can be 15, whatever. That's what we're doing. So number 10 is The Ring slash Ghost Ship. I don't agree with this. It should be Ghost Ship. No, it's, I mean, you're still getting what you want. We're just both getting what we want. Okay, fine. It's called a compromise. It's, called- it's 2021. <laughs> The year of the compromise. (laughs) Okay, so I think The Ring is number 10. And Maddie thinks Ghost Ship is number 10. Um, I'm really interested to hear what you guys think about this. Because I think these two movies are sort of a mirror to each other. Like like a opposite day kind of thing. Um, Yeah. The one strength is the other's weakness and vice versa. So, okay, both of these movies came out in 2002. Yes, they both uh, come out in 2002. Yeah, they're both 20, uh, 22 films. Uh, one of them, okay, so I'm going to say that The Ring, we also, we watched a lot of these things over the last 24 hours, these opening sequences. And if you want to play along and watch them, I recommend trying to find them on a streaming service or trying to like bust out your old DVDs because... If you watch them all on YouTube, you end up losing some of the scene. And it's usually, like, the YouTube clips, like, go right to, like, where it gets scary. But you miss, like, a couple minutes that kind of set things up. And we were finding our list was, like, fluctuating greatly because we were watching things but not watching the entire scene. And then I would, like, be like, wait, I have this on DVD. Let's put it on. And there's an extra, like, five minutes that help the build up. And then that tension makes the scary stuff better. Yes. So I recommend trying to see it in its entirety if you can. But um, but yeah, play along and like watch these scenes. It's also really fun when the world is a little bit on fire and scary to to play this game because my attention span has been like a little wonky lately. <laughs> but just watching like 10 movies that you love how they start is a really good way to just take your mind off of things for at least 20 minutes. It's you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it was it was and then you're like, oh, w- very many times we had to uh, pull ourselves away and not be like, okay, we can't watch this entire movie or else we're never going to get through it. I wanted to just watch the whole movie every time we were just watching the intro. I'm like, well, now I want to watch The Ring. Except for Ghost Ship. Except for Ghost Ship! <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick about Ghost Ship. I, like, I think that it is a really well done opening. I agree with it. It is a phenomenal, stellar opening that is ever for always be imprinted in my mind since I first saw it. Um, we're trapped. And a ghost ship. But, okay, so here's my thoughts with the ring and ghost ship, right? So, like, re-watching the intro for the ring, a lot of times it's funny. It's sort of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing where you think you see the girl get hooked and, like, put up on the meat hook, but she doesn't actually, it's never, there's never a you shot never of that happening. See it, right. Your brain fills it in. That kind of works with memory, too. And a lot of these oh. horror films, when we were thinking of what to put on the list before we rewatched them all for you, uh, 
we remembered certain things being in the opening that weren't actually in the opening. No, yeah, yeah. So, like, rewatching The Ring today, you don't see the spooky, like, face that she's making in the closet until, like, way later. I thought that was in the opening. So did Maddie. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, like... And then immediately Maddie's like, well, then fuck that movie. It doesn't get on the list. (laughs) I was like, well, that wasn't scary. (laughs) As I'm, like, gripping the blanket. I'm like, I haven't seen this in 10 10 years, and I love it. Like, um... I love Amber Tamblyn in it. I think that she does a really good job. And it's like before she was a sister in the traveling pants, she was this girl. And I loved her. And there's this actress named Rachel Bella who is also in it, um, who's her friend. And I love her teeth. Like, I kept watching it. You love her teeth. The girl. Yeah, Rachel Bella, who I like looked up on all the the sites and she's not really done very much in the last like 15 years. But I would cast you in a movie just off of your teeth alone. She has, like, a really good smile. That makes me sound like a serial killer. I'm not saying I want just her teeth. I'm just saying that she has lovely teeth. And she has a cute <laughs> smile. Um, and I like her fucking with Amber Tamblyn a bunch of times. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like... The, their the, play was really The girl's fun. relationship is 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 really fun, and it... Um... And it's such a master scene in suspense. Like, it uh, yeah. doesn't show you. Okay, so that's my point. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so, like... <laughs> The ring, go. <laughs> go on tangent sometimes, I'm sorry, we'll come up with like a little soundbite when I go on a tangent, but like, uh, it's my Joe Bob Briggs coming out. Um, the ring and the ghost ship both are these master classes in tension, right? So there's like, yeah. and the ghost ship is literal tension, like a tension of a, attention, of a, attention, of attention a wire, wire, you know, but um, <laughs> they're master classes in tension. And then I guess your favorite would depend on what kind of like release you want. So the ring does all this tension and it scares you, but it doesn't really show you anything, right? So it leaves it really high. So yeah, you're still tense when it's over. And you're like, well, what the fuck just happened? And then it goes to like a little kid drawing and you have to wait a while to find out what actually happened. And then you kind of have to go through the whole movie feeling this kind of weird tension, um, which is great. I think that's really good. Uh, Ghost Ship does this great tension and it's beautiful to look at and you get to see... The cutie patootie from Sucker Punch. Oh my god, she's a baby. And she's a baby. And then um and then the wire goes, spoiler alert. <laughs> this movie's twenty years old. If you haven't seen it, also this whole episode is a big spoiler alert. If you haven't watched these movies, um I'm sorry. We're gonna mess up some openings for you, but you know. Hey, there's still the rest of the movie you can watch. But then this wire goes and cuts every goddamn person on a boat in half. Yeah. Except for this girl. So that's the release, it. and it shows you not just something, but everything. Like, you see so much gore, and it's so it is gross. so gross. I mean, there's the lady who's, like, trying to, like, reach over and get her body back. <laughs> like, let me just put this second half of my body back together. I mean, there are some things that really kind of did, that I'm still left with, with that, even though I've been fighting for this to be on the list. I know, this is your movie. Is, um, is how everyone got, how did every, everybody got cut at different places in their body? <laughs> like, some people got, like, right at the waist and then well, like, because they were different heights kind of but some of them are just like completely erratic like oh yeah it doesn't i mean like how far was like wait ghost ship doesn't make sense what <laughs> juliana margulies what were you thinking also i saw in the cast list we didn't watch the rest of the movie we just watched the opening because we wanted to like refresh our minds and carl urban is in that movie who's yep. like the hot daddy and the boys Aye. um he's a guy that I've had a crush on for years and years and years, and I just realized recently that it's the same guy. You know, like, I just thought all these guys in these movies were really hot. I was like, oh, the guy in Dread is hot. Like, and (laughs) the guy in, you know, Thor Ragnarok is really hot, and that guy in The Lord of the Rings Part 2 is really good. 
It's the same guy. All of those <laughs> movies are colorblind. He's just like a chameleon. Chameleon. There a go. sexy chameleon. Um, but he's in that movie. I don't remember what he does in it, but I'm, I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that movie, Ghost Ship, though, so much. I thought it was so disappointing. Like, a lot of these movies on the list, honestly, and none are as bad as Ghost Ship, but not, a lot of the movies on this list show great promise in that opening scene, and then it is never really... It doesn't always come to fruition the way that you would want it to actually fully, like, you know, pan out. Starts Um, with a bang and then ends with a whimper. Yeah, a whimper. A whimper. A whimper in the night. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I think that that's kind of... I mean, the rest of Ghost Ship is really gross, and it is, like, it really kind of... I think that it's a great example of showing you kind of what you're in store for and really kind of setting the stage because the rest of the movie is just gross like I, honest to god don't remember anything about it there's like there's maggots and creamed corn and <laughs> and someone gets pushed down an elevator shaft and it's very graphic like um <laughs> this just sounds like a bad version of my favorite things yeah maggots and cream corn and falling down elevators <laughs> I will note that the the movie Ghost Ship was directed by Steve Beck. Um, he is also responsible for um, <laughs> the movie Thirteen Ghosts. <gasps> I love Thirteen Ghosts. I hate Thirteen I Ghosts too. I love Thirteen Ghosts. That makes so much sense. They're, it they're does, very right? Much the same style. It's yeah. very similar. And um, and then he just kind of disappeared from making movies. Um, wow. But yeah, he did those. Do you remember the Naked Lady? I just oh my goodness. And that's where I learned, like, that it's possible for colored contacts that you can... Because I wear contacts. I was like, well, I can never wear colored contacts. But I remember the special features. They talk about how one of the actresses had to, like, double stack them. And that's so I was like, oh, cool. So then I realized... From 13 Ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I realized you can double stack your contact lenses. Don't advise it, though. Thank God for special features. <laughs> Teaching you the tricks of the trade. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Whereas The Ring is directed by Gore Verbinski, who is now very famous and very wealthy and had to, has done all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And he's um, so it's kind of like comparing apples and apples with lots of money comparing these two films. But um, <laughs> but yeah, Ghost Ship is that director's last film. Like, so um, oh, no. he directed that movie and then that was it. So that is going out with a whimper. Yeah. <laughs> I blame you, Juliana Markley. <gasps> I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, all right. Now number nine. Um, America. Are we doing it at the same I time? Thought that we, I thought that. <laughs> well, we gave half of it away. Is it American Psycho or is it American Werewolf in London? It is American, American Werewolf, Werewolf in, in London. London. Duh. <laughs> Uh, David Naughton and Griffin Dunn walking through the moors. The moors. The Stay moors. on the road. Oh my goodness. The movie's from 1981. It's directed by John Landis. It's a very, very odd film for John Landis. He considered considers it his masterpiece according to the always true information on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> who knows? But he says that it's his masterpiece. I would agree. He's mostly well known for doing things like Animal House and Trading Places um, coming to America, which is one of my favorite, like, 80s, like, Is he doing movies. the sequel that's coming out? I don't think so. 
Mm-hmm. He's another director that seems to have just see the, so though he those are his big things. He's actually, in my opinion, more um, incredible for being the guy that directed two of the most iconic music videos of all time. He's the music video director for Thriller and Black and White for Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Um, and um, so yeah, if you watch American Werewolf in London and Thriller, you can see the through line very, very much with those. Yeah. Um, and I wish that he had done more. He did a horror film called Innocent Blood that was like this vampire, this 60, 60 vampire movie. Like this, uh, in the early 90s, there was this whole genre of like erotic thrillers, like late 80s, early 90s, where it was like ladies and their sexuality were like trouble. And that was like, the, they're, the, they're the villain. <laughs> um, but usually not very feminist and um, very problematic. But um, it's a genre that I sort of miss because... I like a crazy lady, you know? We don't get that as much anymore. I will not be ignored. <laughs> I'm going to boil your bunny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he also did uh, one of those two. But uh, also just didn't really do a lot of um, horror, which is a sad thing because he's really good at mixing horror and comedy. I mean, I remember the first time I saw American Werewolf in London, my dad showed it to me and literally scared the shit out of me. Uh, you literally pooped? Uh, <laughs> I, I love when millennials say literally all the time. You're like, but not literally. literally. But I literally, I, I metaphorically pants. shit my pants. Um, Your dad's no, like, I'm never was, showing you a movie again, it, son. No, he he kept, he kept it up. He, I think my dad really liked like scaring me. Um, but in a, um, it's really fun. If you guys ever get a chance to scare Maddie Glitterati, I highly suggest you do it. One of my rules for like this list was like we when we watched the scenes we had to see Maddie jump, and and if he jumped at least once it made the list. Um, he is adorable when he gets scared. I'm sure that there'll be videos surfacing of. Oh yeah, I've got uh, videos. <laughs> um, but back to American Werewolf in London. I mean, the special effects that 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 werewolf attack is just so gruesome and it's so just like it's so scary it's so it's so violent you know and it's just like it's the it it it, it doesn't seem like you know sometimes you can tell like oh that's just like an animal mouth being like shaken around on someone's like neck i'm a sock puppet with yeah right it's like it it doesn't look anything like that it literally looks like this guy's I said it again. Um, now I'm all self-conscious about saying literally. 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 It is so scary, though, and so well done, and also because it is such a lighthearted and kind of cute opening. Yeah. You really enjoy these characters. You like walking through the moors with them. You like going to that fucked up bar with them. The I slaughtered love, lamb. The slaughtered lamb sign is something I want in my house so badly. Like, I think we should have it hanging in our kitchen, yeah. but just the wolf's head on a pike. Um Oh my goodness! Someone out there someday is going to make us one. I think um, it is the best thing, the slaughtered lamb. There's an actual. I don't know. Well, we'll find out if it made it through the pandemic. But there is one in the West Village. There's a slaughtered lamb. Yeah, you were lamb. saying that. I've never. It's down by NYU by Washington Square Park. Oh my god, we have to take pictures in front of it like tourists. Yeah, they <laughs> love it, and I love that it starts with Blue Moon, and it just is like this kind of fun. It's just a, it's a very delightful opening scene. And then. You did some photo shoots in the moors too, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love Northern England a lot. And shout out to Manchester for being my second home away from home. But I do these horror photos, right? And so when we were, when last time I was in Manchester, there was this whole thing of like, I want to go to the moors and do an American Werewolf in London photo shoot. And so I got a couple friends to go with me (laughs) and we went to the moors 
And oh my god, you guys, the Morse. If you ever like wondered, I was in the same ones that are in that movie. What you don't see in the movie is that it's overrun by sheep. First of all, like there are sheep. They talk about the sheep in the movie. And you That's no sheep. fucking joke. And there's like the sheep pooped on my bag. They are aggressive. <laughs> like they are, they are mean sheep. And they have like ah. these like spray paint spots on them that are like, I guess, identifiers for the different farmers. To like, be, like a brand. Yeah. Like that's my fucking sheep right there with the pink spots on it. <laughs> but So they look cute. They're like, oh, look at these little spray paint punk rock sheep. And then they're like, they won't go away. Like you can't scare ah. them. I was trying to get shots of like these clear like moors. And there's these sheep that we had to chase away. But we were a little bit afraid for our lives. Just <laughs> off of the sheep. Then the second thing they don't tell you is that there are that there's where there is sheep there is poop so there's sheep poop everywhere <laughs> like everywhere and then it's also like wet and weird and muddy so you're like am i walking through poop or mud or both or probably both and it doesn't smell cute it and then there um, has to be so it's sloggy slashy and then there's sloggy. bugs everywhere like well, these I mean, little gnats. Where 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 sheep follow there's poop where poop where follows wolf. yeah and where poop follows there's bugs gross man so there's there's bugs everywhere so for all of my shots First, we were just, like, running around trying to scare sheep and get them out of my pictures so that I could have these <laughs> landscapes of, like, look, I'm in the real location. And there's, like, fucking spray-painted sheep everywhere. So we were, like, <laughs> running around scaring the sheep. Then I had my one friend, Pam, shout out to Pam Van Damme, who was screaming, howling noises to A, scare the sheep, and B, scare my models so they could, like, hug each other. But we were, like, hysterically laughing because it's just Pam being amazing manchester genius, being like, and then us just laughing. Um, and then I decided to, like, put slash marks all over my models and, like, and cover them with blood. Also, they don't have carol corn syrup in England. They didn't know what that was. Oh. Um, so I had to make up a different kind of fake blood different than my normal recipe of, like, food coloring and caro corn syrup. The same (laughs) stuff they used in Carrie. And, uh, so I used just regular fucking maple syrup, because that's the only thing. They're like, (laughs) someday I will tell you all the weird stories about England and how they don't have the same things as America, and I know that's really obvious, but it's not obvious when you're there, and you're, like, (laughs) suddenly, like, how do you survive without lemonade? But, like, okay, they didn't have... They didn't have caro corn syrup, so I used regular maple syrup and then just dyed it as red as I possibly could. It looks kind of not good. Um, oh. And then on my model, so I'm just pouring maple syrup all over them and telling them to lay down in sheep shit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if you've ever wondered, like, do I want to photograph the Chris Fox? Now you're thinking, no, no, I don't. <laughs> no. And this is a normal shoot with me. So, like, yeah, they're, like, laying in sheep shit. And then there's just bugs all over them. <laughs> like weird bitey flies. Like not just like an inconvenient gnat. Like it's like <laughs> those flies that like make your body just burn. Um, oh. And they're like slapping themselves and they're like, like, I'm dead. And I'm just like, don't move. <laughs> Bam, go chase the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that shoot. Um, I will never work there again. Uh <laughs> But I love when they're like, stay off the moors. And I'm like, no, fucking for serious. Stay off the moors. Don't say stay off the moors. Werewolves are the least of your problems. You're going to be covered in poop. Okay. On that note. (laughs) Uh, What's our number eight movie? Uh, Number eight is. Stay really quiet. A quiet place. (laughs) Those are ASMR for uh, the episode. Uh, Quiet Place. It is the newest movie on our countdown. So if you haven't seen Quiet Place yet, 
Hurry up. The sequel comes Hurry out up. soon. Stop this podcast and fast forward five minutes. Um, <laughs> Quiet Please is that wonderful movie directed by John Krasinski and starring his wife, Emily Real Blunt. Life wife. Real life wife. Uh, they did an interview somewhere around when the movie was, was released and they said that their favorite film as a couple, which I love that they have a favorite film as a couple. Yeah. Oh, we well. have to think about what our favorite film is as a couple. Okay. Uh, but their favorite film as a couple is Jaws. And um, and that makes me love them even more. Also, like, can we just have a side that, like, John Krasinski with a beard is a different human than he's been for the rest of his career? And I was like, where has this man been? Absolutely. You're like, okay, fine, Emily Blunt. I see what, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see what you got, you lucky bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like them as a couple very much, and I really, really like this movie. Um, and them loving Jaws as their couple film shows in this movie it's very very similar kind of opening to jaws where it's just this dread this unseen quiet basically quiet you, do, you you know that they're really fearing something but you don't know what it is you can't see it i mean but you don't know really what's going on yet but there's it's just complete silence and then it does something unspeakable in horror what do they do they killed the kid yes yeah <laughs> Which is, like, a smart choice, because that kid was an idiot. Like, and, like, and literally, if you're breaking your rules, you don't go in timeout, you just get eaten by the aliens. It, I mean, this is very true. I mean, and, and it, it, it shows you, it automatically shows you how high stakes, how, like, what high stakes that these people have to follow, like, the rules and to survive. Uh, we I, would I, be so screwed in that situation. Oh, my God. We're just loudest. We're just very loud people. So. Yeah, I can't imagine having to just, like live in complete silence all the time. The thing that really stuck out to me, and I hate walking on sand. <laughs> well, I, they're barefoot <laughs> everywhere. I was like, you don't want any socks at oh, all, because that, that could also like suck. that can that can you know kind of take away the sound a little bit. But it is. Um, I, what, what really stuck out to me um, was the resignment of inaction. You know that that Emily Blunt had. You know, that's such a smart sentence. Hey. What do you mean, honey? Tell me about this resignment of action. Um, it was as soon as the little spaceship like goes off and her husband just starts bolting, trying to save the kid. You know, she just looks and she knows that it's too late. Oh, yeah. She just covered her mouth. She, so she, she just covers scream. her mouth and falls and looks away pretty much. Nobody does like a an expression with a with a covered mouth quite the way that Emily Blunt does yeah. in this entire film. <laughs> there are mo- all my favorite scenes of this movie involve Emily Blunt and her reaction to something fucking crazy and not being able to make noise. Like we'll just say like you know that nail yeah. <laughs> and not making any noise and then you know giving birth <laughs> by yourself <laughs> and not making any noise. <laughs> She's uh, such a baller. I've loved her ever since Devil Wears Prada. It's so nice absolutely. to see her and stuff like this. And then that film, you know, um, this is a topic for a podcast we're going to do in a couple weeks. But um, it was one of those of many examples of an actress that gives beyond an Academy Award winning performance yes. that doesn't get the recognition she deserves. Stay tuned. But she's incredible in this mm-hmm. movie. And I like that she got awards from some of the other huge ones. Just no Oscar, but, but they're kind of lame about this stuff. But Emily Blunt, one of my favorite actresses in a horror film because of this movie. So hard. And I'm scared of nails every time I walk down the stairs now to go to the basement. <laughs> well, I look... We do have the most terrifying stairs. We have scary stairs. Spooky stairs that lead down to this spooky room where we talk to you guys. Spooky. Spooky. Speaking of spooky rooms, 
What's our number seven movie? Um, it is the infamous and iconic Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Number seven, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another film that almost didn't make the list. And it also <laughs> was a little different than we remembered when we rewatched the opening. I thought, I think I got a lot of Tina's dreams amalgamized into one scene. I mean, that makes sense. I also felt really bad for her. Because um, the opening of her nightdress was <laughs> just too tight. So her little feet could just go... She couldn't actually run. That was the biggest thing that I took away from it. That she, she ran weird down the hallway because... I think... Oh, see, I think the, the weird running was dream running. You know when you're like in a hallway and it's like, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, but I'm not getting anywhere... Oh, I thought that it was just that her pants. You just thought Amanda Weiss couldn't run? <laughs> That's a common thing in horror films, though. Like, there are, we can do a whole episode just on crazy runs that girls do in movies. <laughs> like that Anna Ferris run in, like, scary movie. Like, yeah. I'm not crazy! <laughs> but, <laughs> but they do that in so many movies. Like, the craft, like, oh my god, Robin Tiny running in the craft makes me laugh every single time I see it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't think that Amanda was... Maybe she is. I don't know. Um, I follow you on Twitter, Amanda. Let us know. Um, what that was like, really running down Are the you hall- running down the hallway because it's like stretching? I know it's an effect they do in later or season. Or because your movie. nightgown just or the was that nightgown was, not was fitting was constricting you right. You couldn't, couldn't run right. That, 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 that was my guess. I felt bad. No judgment. We just want to know what happened. I have to say that watching it again, I think what works for it so well is that it's setting up an entire world right from right from the jump yeah because it's hard to remember what it was like before nightmare on elm street was such a huge part of our cultural consciousness but this was the you know the introduction to that world and so they immediately show that he has that creepy like "Eh, eh," breathing which he doesn't really have in any of the other movies but he has it like uh freddie has that in the beginning and it shows him making the glove and you start you immediately see the boiler room which becomes so iconic you see um yeah you see him creating that scary ass glove and it seems sharper and more dangerous for some reason in that scene than it usually does. Like it looks, just everything looks. Well, it's real. brand new. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a new glove. He just sharpened it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and the sound effects are really great. Like I love that they have like this mixture of like babies and little kids and then sheep noises. Matt, did you notice that there was like weird sheep? Fucking sheep. <laughs> so that's kind of like a running theme. I think like if you want a really scary opening, involve sheep somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um but Wes Craven is so good at like this whole nightmare imagery he's creating this genius. whole like nightmare um world and uh and I love that nobody really expected a whole lot because at this point Wes Craven was just seen as such a different type of director than he ended up became, being seen as later like he's like this cuddle bear love muffin by the time he's doing scream everyone's like oh we love Wes Craven so much but before that he was like this like master of the nasty like he was the guy that did like last house on the left he and the, the hills have movie. eyes yeah. and it's just like if you want a little rape and cannibalism come on over to Wes Craven's house like he wasn't like family friend the fact that they made like action figures for Freddy Krueger for little kids that's terrifying it's I- crazy but it's because this movie had such a crazy effect on the world um, but it sets it up right from the beginning which I think is so smart 
For our sixth movie, I'm also going to double this as um, our entry for Daddy Fox's Classic Corner. Yeah! We started like our first week where I'm going to try to recommend something for all the young whippersnappers out there uh, to watch that came out before you were born. Um, this one is not very old. It is a year older than me, so I refuse to believe it's very old, but it is oldish. Um, <laughs> it is the... <laughs> It is the second oldest movie on this list. So um, so we will go with this one. Um, and our sixth movie and our Daddy Fox classic corner pick of the week is Suspiria. Yes. It's from 1977. It's from Dario Argento, the master of Italian psychedelic horror. Oh, oh Argento. I'm learning so much more about you. Yeah, Maddie just saw this for the first time last night. I know. Don't crucify me. No, right? it's it's it, we're celebrating you. Yay! I love when people first see things that are part of my consciousness for a long time because you forget how much how fun movies are until you see it through fresh eyes. So we didn't really talk about it last night because we were saving it for now. But what did you think of Suspiria? Um, I thought that it is it's. It lives up to, I mean, of course, all of the all of the hype. It's one of the most visually um, fucking beautiful movies I've ever seen. I just want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> like, I want to eat the whole movie the whole time. It's so, I love that the blood looks like paint, which I think yeah, it is Yeah, which is, like, it, it's so stylized and it's so specific. I mean, there's colors that, that you, like, with, with what you were saying, like, you, you'll never see. Like, the first o- opening is her at, like, JFK or wherever. The, it, whatever it, the German airport is. Yeah, it's, like, overhead red lighting in an yeah, airport. Yeah, from, like, the side of them, like, going through customs. <laughs> it's just, like... I wish when you went through customs there was this gelled lighting everywhere. It yeah. would be, like, more how you feel going through customs. <laughs> As someone who's been through customs jail before, it would be nice if there was some cool gelled lighting. Um, yeah, it's so pretty, right? I mean, yeah, and it's... it's it's Something's weird going on. Um... And, and again, I think that it's the, the biggest running theme through all of these movies and should be the word of this episode, tension. Um, there's like, it's, it's, but each of these movies kind of does it in a different way. And Suspiria is really kind of, I think, um, the, how it pairs, like just how stunningly beautiful it is visually also with people losing their minds <laughs> like it's like the you because this chick is just running through like there's scenes were just like running through the woods and it's in the rain in the rain with that soundtrack yeah i mean thank you goblin the soundtrack is absolutely it's like gremlins singing the background for your <laughs> yeah, soundtrack yeah. and then this like witch and then the drums <laughs> and the like didgeridoo Yes. It is my favorite score of any horror film. It, even better, I like it even more than Halloween, which is like blasphemous, really. But yeah, I love love the score for Suspiria so much, and I think that it works with the movie so well, just to put you in this weird. It sets a tone, I believe the opening does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny watching it with you, I because I wasn't gonna put this on the list, as I don't find the opening to be scary. I cause I want to live in the world that it creates in that movie so much. Like, every single room and hallway, I'm like, ooh, I want blue velvet wallpaper. And like, I love that black line. Like, oh my goodness. Like, everything just looks so pretty. And if you're a fan of my photography, I know my stuff looks like an Argento movie. I've been told this for 25 years. And, and it's probably me ripping him off. It probably is. And, or we're kindred spirits. 
We're just eating cannolis somewhere in another life, you know, <laughs> thinking about bright colors and really, really bloody stuff. But I, I think it has the best score and the best set design of any horror film. Um, Absolutely. And a lot of people that are detractors from the Suspiria are always like, you know, it's style over substance, you know, and the movies all look and know whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Some people are in movies. They go to movies for like, I want to be challenged and I want a plot. That like, I don't care. I don't care. I want something pretty to look at. I love the way it looks so much that I could just live there. Like, I think it's so pretty. The The only thing that would make me question, like, signing a lease is like maggots on the ceiling. Ah, no. And even oh, then I'd be like, no. take care of that and then I'll buy the house. That, <laughs> like, was, that was so, so rough. That was so rough. Somewhere Ooh. we have... um. I believe we have footage of Maddie's reaction last night that I, hope I recorded. I hope you all enjoy. Of him seeing the maggot scene for the first mm, time. That was not fun. It literally, it literally made my stomach hurt. It oh. made my stomach hurt laughing. <laughs> We're gonna play it for you. Enjoy. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> no. Okay, so like, yeah, so um, the opening scene of Suspiria, before you get to the maggots and the wire, um, is just, is very, very beautiful, very, very creepy and weird, and the score really just kind of ratchets up this tension. Yeah. Maddie jumped, which I didn't remember it, it being a jump scary opening until <laughs> like three seconds before Maddie jumped out of bed. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a scary opening. I forgot. I literally just, I'm like, I want that stained glass window, and I and I, I want to live in this apartment that this lady lives in. It's also, like, huge. Like, I don't know. It was She's massive. banging on yeah. doors, like, help me, help me. And I'm like, wait, do you own this whole house? Like, who else lives in this house? And there were, no, no one was home. They no, were... but I want to I live there. I was, yes. It's like only two women died in this house. And I'll be like, I'll take it. I'll take the entire complex thing. Cute. And I think we'll talk more about Suspiria when we do a more Italiano-centric episode. But um, yeah. but it is also my Daddy Fox classic corner pick for you. There is the remake. And I warn you, if you guys are new to horror stuff and you're looking for Suspiria, there is one that came out a couple years ago. 2018. Yes, by the director of Call Me By Your Name. Um, we will discuss that also in a different episode. But it is good for its own merits. And it is a very, very, very different take on the film. Than the original yeah but the one i'm recommending to you right now in this moment in time to watch right now when you're done listening to this podcast is the original from 1977 which i think is on shudder i don't know i, <laughs> I have some special edition fancy pants version of it on dvd and that's what we watch last we night. watch still watch dvds we hey. do i like physical media yeah <laughs> yeah let's get physical physical <laughs> all right um for our fifth movie it was a tough decision because we decided it was this this whole. Um, I can't remember the word for a bunch of movies franchise? that are in franchise. That's there it. you go. <laughs> I was like, "What is McDonald's?" <laughs> franchise. <laughs> what is McDonald's? <laughs> so we wanted to pick a movie from this franchise, and uh, and it was funny. I thought it was going to be very controversial when I decided that this was the the number of, of of the film that we should pick, but it wasn't. It was totally unanimous. We both easy, agreed. Yeah. So. Um, we picked Final Destination. Two. Two. Yes. Yeah. If you like the Final Destination movies, you already know 
what this is all about. Um, Final Destination basically is like some sort of like horrible accident happens. It is death and it is fate. A group of people are meant to die in a horrible way. And, and then, we get to see that horrible way. And then they snap out of it. And then it's snap out of it. Snap out of it. <laughs> and, uh, and then they have a chance to stop it from happening. And then once they do, and the incident happens anyway, those that survived have to die in the order that they were meant I mean, to die. Death has a, it, it has, it has a ticker, you know, and it has to get these amount of, these amount of like, you know, bodies and When souls. it's your turn, it's your turn. There you go. That's, thank you for help, that help. Candyman, Tony yeah. Todd himself teaches us that in all of the movies. It is your time. Death is a tricky bitch. I know that's yeah. not actually, <laughs> that's not actually in the movie, but that's this paraphrase. really, um, this opening, I, I, I remember because it came out right around when I started driving. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Cause this one takes place on a fucking highway. Yeah. And I, grew, and, and I grew up in Colorado. So I mean like mountains, there's lots of logs. It's, um, <laughs> there's lots of logs. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's a very wet highway. You see all the water and everything. And I think like driving and dampiness is scary. It's terrible. Hydroplaning. Yeah. And then it's all these Final Destination movies are really good at doing kind of like a little mouse trap, you know? So you're like, you're watching, looking for clues of all the different ways shit's going to go down. And yeah, you start to like be like, well, what about that car that's leaking and that one has sparks? So, that, so you don't really know. Yeah, it, it really, it, it has, it, beginning scene really does, is it does a great recap. Of what happened in the first movie. Yeah, it's like, um, <laughs> last week on Final Destination. Yeah, it, 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 it literally does, because it actually, it, it's all like a news segment talking about... So you don't need to watch the first one to appreciate the second one. Exactly. Um, but you should, because, you know... But why not? What's his name? Sean William Scott. Devin Sawa. Ew, gross! <laughs> such... Oh my god, I had such a crush on Devin Sawa growing up. Really? Yeah! Hmm. I question you sometimes, my love. Oh, no. No, I thought you were going to say Sean William Scott, like the dude where's my car guy. Oh, I mean, yeah, duh. Because he's, he's hunky. He's in the first one. There was also Kara Smith in that movie, too, who was like the gay boy on Dawson's Creek who isn't really gay in real life. Uh, mm-hmm. And he plays like the douchebag that's dating the girl that gets hit by the bus. <laughs> you know, I think that I think that first Final Destination was the first time you see that. And then yeah, and they've done it in so many movies ever since then. Oh god, it's done in one of the movies on our list later. Uh, but yeah, Final Destination Two, super duper scary. It's directed by David um, Ellis. So some little thing about David. David also directed Snakes on a Plane. What? And Cellular. <laughs> He did. He did The Final Destination, which is one of the sequels. Wait, is Chris Evans in Cellular? Yes. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Chris Evans is my other boyfriend. Yeah. He just doesn't know. <laughs> but yeah, he, this is when he was young. Um, yeah, he did The Final Destination as well as Final Destination 2. And he did Shark Night, which is one of the worst shark movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, is it worse than Sand Shark? No, it's one of the worst. <laughs> it's one of the worst shark movies I've ever seen in a theater. That was a legit movie that wasn't on like sci-fi because there's so many bad TV shark movies. But you know, fuck, and, and Shark Night is really, really bad. But we shouldn't speak ill of the dead because oh. um, this poor director he passed away at the age of sixty in 2013. So he's not with us any longer. He did give us some of the schlockier horror films. I love that he made snakes on a plane and this. 
That's so random. Yeah, it's weird, right? He um, Was it the only Final Destination that he did? No, he did this one, and he did The Final Destination, which I think is number four oh, or five. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, so he did two of those. Um, yeah, and Snakes on a Plane, and Cellular, which is actually really, really good. Uh, um, and, uh, and then passed away. His career was really interesting, though. When I was, like, looking him up, he has had, like, different types of jobs throughout cinema since he was young, which I think is kind of amazing. He was, like, a stunt person, he was a makeup artist, a special effects person, and then a director. That's so cool. Yeah, oh, so like he had his... He, like, played around and made good... He even, like, his first movie was The Incredible Journey Part 2, which is, like, the talking dogs and the cat. Yeah! <laughs> That's his his cinematic debut, and then he started doing genre films. Um, And oh he was tired gosh. of working for Disney, but he was doing certain things. Like, second unit directing was his main thing. Okay. So he did second unit filming for a whole bunch of movies, and then the last ones were, like, the Homeward Bound original one and oh, then or the first remake with Sally Field and it's a kitty cat yeah. and then he did the sequel as his directorial debut Michael J. and then jumped into doing some some cool horror films uh but yeah he's no longer with us with us anymore rest in peace um the film is great acting is a little all over the place it's Oh, yeah, kind of garbage. There's moments where I'm just like, this is the worst acting. And Maddie kept, like, watching the scene being like, is that so-and-so from this thing? And is that so-and-so? And I'm like, no, there is no famous person in this movie. <laughs> the only famous people are Ali Larder, who comes in way later. Gary Busey's son. Which I'm not convinced that's who that is. But <laughs> there's a guy who looks a lot like Gary Busey. Oh, wait, no, it's not Gary. I don't think it is. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and then and then we get, you know, Tony Todd, of course, who is our, like, Candyman daddy of all time. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, most of the cast is not people that I'm super familiar with. I know the lead is in Virgin Suicides, and yeah. she was on, shit, what was the show that I told you that she was on? It's not CSI, but it's something like that. It's one of those Criminal shows. Minds. Criminal Minds. It's a show that's been on for, like, 275 years, yeah, and I've never watched it once. She's been on it for, like, 15 years. For, like, 15 years! years. I don't know. Maybe that show's been on for 15 years and she's been on it for some of the time, but either way, she's she's doing great on TV in a in a show I've never watched. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Final Destination 2, fantastic opening scene. Maybe not the best film throughout. Really good death scenes, but... Um, oh my gosh, yeah, the one kid that gets killed by the window pane. Squishy, squishy. Squish. I love Dude, when they kill kids. You want to see some kneecaps explode. Oh my goodness. So gross. All right, so speaking of kitty kitties dying, <laughs> our number four pick is it. Hi, Georgie. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Pop, pop, Bridgie. Oh, my goodness. All right, of course, we're talking about it from 2017, the highest grossing king adaptation of all time. Yes, it's so good. Oh, it's directed by Andy Muschietti. Um, he is uh, also, he's sort of a newish director, but he made his big debut directing the movie Mama. Um, Guillermo del Toro produced it's with um, Jessica Chastain being like a punk rock lady who gets kids by accident and they're fucking psychotic uh, we're gonna do a crazy kids episode and that will definitely be in there Mama's oh a really fun debut uh, he hasn't done a whole lot since It like I think It and It too kind of like took up a lot of energy and yeah, are- obviously but if you look at his IMDB with his upcoming projects it looks like he's attached to be the director of the new Flash movie which is pretty big it's huge. Uh, and um, he has movies called Dracula and the Howling on his coming up. So he They're might be... the Howling? 
I just saw that today. And oh my goodness. That makes me sort of have weird feelings, but... As long as Dee Wallace is still in it. Oh my god, I know, right? Poor Pomeranian howling. She's still... <laughs> You guys, have you ever seen The Howling? And you know, like, at the end... I'm sorry, spoiler alert, The Howling, which came out forever ago. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen The Howling, why are you here? Stop what you're doing and listen to, and watch The Howling right now. But Dee Wallace becomes... Who is my favorite human. Yes. Dee Wallace sang me happy birthday for my birthday this year. She's... Cameo, guys. It is a great... Great present. I mean, she, thank you, honey, for getting yeah. Dee Wallace to sing me happy birthday. Dee Wallace is the star of the original Howling, and she turns into a werewolf at the end of the movie. <laughs> and her werewolf is the cutest werewolf you've ever seen. It looks like a Pomeranian. <laughs> and I say this as someone who's owned a Pomeranian. <laughs> it's like a little wet nose, and she's like, I'm so cute, and I just want to eat oh. your face. Please. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, please put D. Wallace in the next Howling, if you're doing that, Andy. Uh, but, yeah, its opening scene pretty much is probably one of the most iconic movies that we have on this list. I mean, it's... Everyone knows that scene. I, I have very specific things that really can really, really bug me about movies. Like, if someone's carrying a cup and there's not actually, like, anything in it for oh it to be God. Waiting. Every time Maddie sees someone <laughs> holding a coffee cup in a TV show or a movie, he's like, That's not full! <laughs> It really, really bugs me. I don't know how you um, can tell, honestly, but... It's it's a certain way you can tell if there's an actual weight inside of there, but I digress. I just drank um, a sip of coffee. My Could other you thing tell is if it when was full you... or not? Yes. No. no well, it's empty! <laughs> <laughs> I threw my pen at him. Tricked you. Um, so one of the things that I really can't stand is when you can see the like current of the rain machine... You know, like when there's like rain, the, the rain in this opening scene is so realistic and I love it so much. Oh, I thought you much. were like dissing it. I'm like, bitch, we made this number four. You could have brought this up while we were making the list. No, 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 no. It saying, has real rain. I'm saying like the yeah. rain is so amazing. And it's that's just one of those little things that I'm just like, you did the rain good. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm putting you at number four. You got you really did, good rain. You really good rain. Rain on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the acting is fantastic. Uh, what a creep. What a creep Skarsgård is as Pennywise. And I've noticed this time when we were watching it, like, because I've seen the scene quite a few times. Oh. I love the drool yeah. so much. He drools like crazy when he's doing the scene. And apparently oh, the little like kid that, that played one? Georgie was the kid that was the least afraid of him. So they got to get away with a lot more in that scene. Oh. Because, the like, a lot of times when you're working with kid actors and you look like a freaking clown demon, like, the kids are going to be really scared. But the, that kid, it just shows what a great actor he is, too, because yeah. that kid isn't scared of the clown at all. That's why he's in all these horror movies. The kid's a little demon himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kid after our own heart. Yay! Right? Oh, my goodness. Um, I love how graphic the scene gets. The original It also has an iconic opening. opening, you know, and that scene is basically the same as the original opening. And I was really, I mean, I don't know how you felt going into it when you were going to see it in theaters, but I was so worried that it was going to be bad. You know, I, I, I had every ounce of hope and I just knew that it was going to be phenomenal. See, I'm such a, like a Tim Curry purist and like, and I don't like the original it at all, really, except for Tim Curry. Like, I really don't enjoy almost anything about it, but I was so protective of, like, this character. And then they did the released images of what 
Bill Skarsgård looks like as Pennywise. I, 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 and was, I was skeptical like, then. I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you look, that's not scary. That's so, you look weird. That's just weird. And whatever. And then it works so much better than I thought it was going to when you see him do it. He's, what a brilliant performance that is. It was, I mean, yes, Skarsgård for the fucking win. And how ballsy to go up and do a performance that is so well known. Yeah. And you know. It's 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 great, and I also really love that it shows the apathy of Derry, like and just the hands off sort of. What do you mean, the old lady? The old lady. The mom's playing piano. the the The, the opening is only like the only soundtrack. It fits perfectly, but it's mom playing this melancholy just music, and her kids running around. Her one kid's sick upstairs. She doesn't give a fuck. You well, know? it's also like very like that movie is funny to me because it takes place the age that the kids are except for not georgie but like the the main kids the age those kids are are the age that i would have been the year that that movie is supposed to be happening mm. so i was like 11 12 mm. in that time period and in that time period parents didn't give a shit where you were right i mean that was very much you, the you, like you come home when, when the street lights yeah are off. street yeah. lights go on you come home latchkey kids yeah. we all babysat ourselves <laughs> so i mean it it's very it's that's a true kind of vision of what it was like to be a kid in the late 80s and early 90s like yeah we didn't have parental supervision and if you're screaming because your arm got bit off in the sewer by a clown <laughs> the old lady with the cats across the street wouldn't come and save you she'd just be like those damn kids are making noise in the rain i kept laughing when we saw that lady because she's like just as a little bit too late you know but she's out there I think I heard a noise in the rain. And me and Maddie are like known in our neighborhood in Brooklyn to be like sitting in our front yard (laughs) in our robes, especially during quarantine. We're like out there smoking cigarettes. We're known as the boys with the cute yard that just smoke in our in our undies and our robes every day. And I was like, oh, my God, if a kid was being killed in our in our street, this would be us. I I did not stand by that. Um, yeah, you disagreed. I said I would help. We would save the kid. <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean we'd ignore him. I just mean we'd be the ones that witnessed the thing because we're always in our fucking front yard. This is true. <laughs> Get out of my yard, kids. Get out of my yard. <laughs> Speaking of kids getting out of your yard. Yes. Um, <laughs> Segway. <laughs> that leads us to our number three movie. Which is Dawn of the Dead. The remake. The remake. I know last week I said that remakes are, are the Satan's but candy. But he lied. But and I love this movie so much. And I only love the first 15 minutes. I mean. <laughs> it is. You're telling me you don't you don't find the zombie baby? You know? You don't find that like, you know, it doesn't really like. It almost your... saves it for me a little bit. <laughs> I like seeing Ty Baron Burrell um, from Modern Family be like the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that very much. In hindsight, when you get to watch it now, you see him like what an oakily dokily dad he is. Yeah, and then right? see him be like an like the problematic zombie survivor is kind of fun. Uh but no, I don't I don't like that movie at all. Except for but the first fifteen minutes and leading into the opening credits. Totally. Top three. Those those are I mean, it is uh, uh, definitely after we re- re- rewatched it today, um, the mix of the opening footage scene and then the actual running credits that go right with it. With the Johnny Cash song playing and all of the footage of zombies and then all the horrible things that happen in the world that we live in intercut with each other. It was really scary watching that today after... <laughs> 
Yeah. Current state of affairs. It, it hit a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so powerful, though. And that, and I just want to give a little something-something to Sarah Polly. Yes, Sarah Polly. She's so wonderful. Um, she's semi-retired from acting nowadays, and she's been directing, but hasn't been an actress for a while now. But this was made right around the same time as Go!, and um, Splice came out a little bit afterwards, and she was just, like, the most exciting actor to watch because she's not this stereotypical beauty, but she is beautiful. Yeah. And she's so feisty and smart. Her characters are always, like, making not the best decisions, but they're always a smart character. And they always wind up in ditches. Yeah, right? You're just <laughs> like, oh, she's in another ditch. Just, like, go. Like... <laughs> And she's, but she's such a fun actress and such, and so real. I believe her so much. Like yeah. the fear in her eyes is, I also love that I noticed this time when we watched it, that she grabs her keys before she runs into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's so smart. It's the first time I've seen anyone go through something like this where they don't immediately run to their car and they're like, oh, I forgot my keys. And she's like, ah, I need those. Which yeah. is not to throw shade. Cause if a zombie was chasing me, I, I, I promise you <laughs> not only would I forget my keys, I wouldn't be the, no, like, where wearing, you park. I wouldn't be wearing <laughs> pants. You know, like, I'd be like, I forgot my pants. I'm in the zombie apocalypse and I'm in my panties. Like, yeah, she's, she's smart. It's fun to start a movie with someone who is intelligent as you're rooting for them immediately. I feel like a lot of zombie films have these characters that are so stupid that you're rooting for an undead creature to just eat them. <laughs> that's not, that's not good for a whole just movie. Just give them to the crack zombies. Just eat them. <laughs> Eat them. I like. Also, want to point out that this movie, uh, which was from twenty or twenty oh four, so two thousand four, it was directed by Zack Snyder, who before this movie, this was his film debut. Before this movie, he was most well known for directing a couple Morrissey videos, some ZZ Top videos, and a video <laughs> for Rod Stewart. So stop it. How far we come, you know? <laughs> uh, which is amazing that after this movie, he did three hundred. Um, and then kind of just blew up and started making these films like Sucker Punch and all of these DC movies and, um, and The Watchmen. And he's a very polarizing director. Like some of he these He did the series for Watchmen, right? No, no, oh, no. He movie? did the movie for Watchmen. Oh. He did all the movies that are, that are very stylized with lots of slow motion. And that like, wasn't Michael Bay. For a heterosexual <laughs> man, they are some of the most homoerotic films. Oh my God. And I mean, like Sucker he, Punch is... I love that you picked the one with all women to talk about his homoerotic tendencies, but... <laughs> well, yeah, because... <laughs> That's just, like, gay boy fantasy. Like, I want to go to an asylum and wear fancy clothes. Yeah. I am going to kick some ass. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, he... Yeah, he did 300 where everyone's running around in their leather loincloths, mm. and, um, and oh my goodness. Uh, and then he did made he made Superman have, like, a hairy chest and, like, a beard and... Mm. And yeah, he did the Justice League, where it's basically just porn. Yeah, it's just <laughs> over and over. The plot doesn't matter, and things are pretty. It's like porn for superheroes. There like, you go. <laughs> Zack Snyder. It's just, but the film Dawn of the Dead and Zack Snyder as a director basically have the same trajectory. Like they start out really strong. Oh shit! Visually, just like <laughs> wow, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. This is blowing me away. This is blowing me away. And then, like 20 minutes in, you're like. I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Similar, you know. Um, Scathing. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean. I think if Zack Snyder would come out of the closet, I'd be nicer to him. Oh damn! No, I actually do not 
hate Zack Snyder films at all. I um I think I like them more than most of my film geek friends. You know, I um because I can appreciate the homoeroticness in it, I think. And and I like I like that he has a definitive style. This movie is the least Zack Snydery of the Zack Snyderies. Like I feel like 300 kind of cemented what his visual look was going to be. Mhm. And then he's followed through with that for a long time. But I really love his version of The Watchmen. I I really love parts of the movie The Watchmen. I don't like the way he casts things sometimes. I think that his casting decisions are weird. Um, the Watchmen would be a better movie if like half the actors were played by different people, but a topic for another time. Uh, yeah, Zach is, um, is the director, and I think that just for sure gut punch 15 minutes of horror... Dawn of the I Dead mean, is is amazing. It's 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 it, it's great because it shows everything and just like falling into that anarchy and complete chaos. I mean, it's totally. I mean, they based Shaun of the Dead the open. It's what makes Shaun of the Dead so funny. That it's is very because similar, it's, you know? it's very similar, but it's just like in like a comedic way. What they what? God, can you imagine if it was real? Like if that actually happened? Yes. I don't even know how to drive, <laughs> so I'd be so screwed. <laughs> I hate zombie movies, man. Like, I, like, I was on a different podcast, our friend's um, podcast, I Spit in Your Mouth, and uh, they were like... Hey, hi, Gulia. Yeah, they were, like, super into zombies, right? And I was trying to defend werewolves against their zombies. And I think (laughs) the more I'm thinking about it, I just hate zombie stuff so much. Like, because (laughs) I know that that would be the one situation out of all these horror situations that I would be the least suited for. Yeah, you can't run. I have asthma. (laughs) I don't know how to drive. (laughs) The idea of someone even putting their mouth on me a lot of the times grosses me out. I just, it's a maybe, I can't watch them because it's like there's no one to root for because I'm like, I would be that person. There are people that are getting killed in the opening scene of Dawn of the Dead where I'm like, that's me. Like the lady that like goes out in a robe to be like, what's happening? And then like five zombies start chasing her. Like, ah! that's, that's me. I would not even, like featured victim, Chris yeah. Fox. So I don't understand. Like I could have like, fuck, I'm so dead. We also uh, we should put in that we uh, had an honorable mention. There was another movie that made the list originally and then we changed it because it was like, do we need another zombie movie? We <laughs> wanted to have like diversity is important in 2021. I mean, I really used to like zombies. I just got zombied out, you know? I yeah, I think a lot of us did, right? Like once Walking Dead decided to like bash in characters' faces have, with like, a baseball bat, we're all like, we're done for now. Look at the flowers. Yeah, like we're good. <laughs> Dude, and have like another like three jump off series. It's let's like, watch something. Else. How many more zombies? Like, it's I don't funny because zombie that. stuff wasn't around for kind of a long time. Like mm-hmm. after like the Return of the Living Dead and stuff, they'd kind of just disappeared for kind of a while. Um, every now and then, Joe um, George Romero would like kind of put out a new something mm-hmm. something. But yeah, zombie stuff kind of left cult- culture for a while, and then. 28 Days Later kind of happened, and then this happened, and it was, like, these, like, fast zombies. Crack zombies. I like to call them World crack Z zombies. zombies. <laughs> They're like, yeah, <laughs> why do people on crack run fast? I don't know. They just look I like, would think they'd be slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rage zombies. And, yeah, and then they, I think this movie and Shaun of the Dead and 28 Days Later kind of, like, re- they gave, like, the little paddles to the zombie, like, clear! And suddenly zombies were a thing again. So we have them to blame for where we're at now. 
we also are we're gonna talk about 28 weeks later for this this uh podcast as well because it was originally on our list um but because the opening is so similar to dawn of the dead's opening they kind of just we had to really kind of do a sophie's choice and Sarah Polly and, and the direction and stuff of that movie yeah. um, kind of won out over Robert Carlyle. Like, and, and I love a good kid zombie. I love a, I love a good demon child. Yeah. Even though, in, you know, 28 weeks later, the kid fucked everything up for everybody, too. Well, yeah, and he wasn't even that cute. Don't have kids <laughs> in the apocalypse. Period. <laughs> like, look at what happened in Quiet Place. Like, every time anyone invite, like, invites a child into the world ending... So maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to judge anybody, but the world seems to be ending now. So maybe, like, no more babies. Just for now. Just for now. You know? <laughs> until we get things under control. Until we, until we realize... Kids just aren't, are like, a liability in an apocalypse. They're always a liability, no matter what. This is also why I don't talk to the neighbors. You know, like, neighbor kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> if they weren't... In 20... No, I mean, in Dawn of the Dead. If, like, they didn't talk to that little girl all the time... She wouldn't have had the like <laughs> the balls on, to come inside. The audacity to like walk into their house, or if they if she was, they'd be like, "There's something wrong. There's a little kid in our house." But they're like, "Oh, come cuddle with me in bed. I'm so sorry. Why are you here? Oh no, you just ate my jugular. Like that would never happen to us because I wouldn't let a fucking kid in our house." <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, kids. Yeah. All right. So before we do our top two, um. You know, these always go longer than we're expecting. But before we go to our top two mystery picks that are maybe not so mysterious, there's two that really stand out above the pack, ahead of the pack. Ahead. Uh, before we do that, I thought we'd just chat about a couple of the movies briefly that we thought about having on this list, but didn't make it. So these are our honorable... <laughs> I can't say honorable mentions. So now we're going to talk about the things that almost made our list. These are our honorable mentions i can't say that word honorable thank you maddie what are these are honorable mentions thank you these are hard words sometimes i don't talk too good um so okay the first little triplet of films that um all were originally on the list or very close to be on the list or were discussed um but were taken off because they weren't scary quote-unquote enough are movies that we think set the vibe, right? So there's a lot of horror films. If this was the best openings list, I think all three of these movies would have made the list instead of um, some of these others. Not necessarily scary. Yeah, like the best filmic openings. Like like if you were a film student and you were studying the art Cinematic of horror films, you would put these as your the best openings of a film, right? Um but fuck that, we're not scholars. We're like, what's scary? What makes my boyfriend jump in bed and makes me giggle? Yeah. Those movies. <laughs> These ones, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Carrie or The Shining. Also, we're all gonna laugh at you. they all set the tone so good, yeah. right? And also, we're sorry, Carrie, that again... <laughs> you know, we based this... our entire podcast on it, but she's yet to make a list. <laughs> it sucks. I feel bad for Carrie White. We're like the mean girls in school. <laughs> Like, eat shit, Carrie White. You didn't make our list again. <laughs> Carrie was on this list Ooh. until, like, the ninth hour. Like, then we suddenly, like, started, like, kind of bending the rules, making doubles, and then Carrie still didn't have a place. <laughs> and we, like, we kicked her off. Um, oh, the one thing that that opening does have a lot of... Full bush. Full bush. Full bush. Um, <laughs> There's more bush in that opening five minutes than, than in... 
Debbie does Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> it is intense. So for me, who's a little afraid of the female anatomy, it was a little bit like, this is on the list, you know. Um, But it's not very scary. It's Unless, traumatic is what it is. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier, and let's see what people feel. I wonder if female horror fans find Carrie to be scarier than male horror fans. Because we don't have periods. I don't think... And maybe it's See, maybe, is, no. Think of like when we were you. in locker rooms and how scary locker rooms were for us as yeah. gay boys and stuff. Maybe women feel that way about tampons and the things being thrown at them. <laughs> I'm thinking that that might. I'm not saying that that happens all the time. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Now I feel stupid. <laughs> like, obviously, that probably doesn't happen to people very often. But I was thinking, like, what if that's like a trauma? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. But Carrie's not scary. It's funny. It's a funny. It's not funny, but it's whatever. I have a sticker that says "Plug it up, plug it up" on my computer, so I don't find it scary. I just, but I do think it sets the mood. Guy, <laughs> like such an idiot. Right, um, no, 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 no. I think that it's. Uh. <laughs> some other films I just want to just like kind of breeze through these because we really want to get to these last two and actually talk about them but like so some other ones were When a Stranger Calls um, yeah. the original one the, the remake is garbage but the original one with Carol Kane 20 minute scene really really good inspired other films that we will talk about it in a second um, and like is is fantastic um, also The Stepfather is a really good opening if you want something that's a tricky opening that is kind of gruesome and also has like a really fun look at what John Locke from Lost used to look like before he was on Lost. I recommend Stepfather a lot. Um, also there's a movie called Cube that's like a sci-fi film where people are trapped in this cube and um, the first 10 minutes are um, disgusting and awesome and a really good opening for a sci-fi horror which also is usually a slow burn sci-fi horror movies and this oh, one nice. actually starts with like a oh, um, and I would also say like for the I have to add that in there. Yeah, no, it's on the list. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, okay, Maddie really wanted Wrong Turn to be on this list. I did. It's, I, I love Wrong Turn. I love, I mean, Deliverance, Hillbillies, give me all that stuff. I love it. Ugh. Um, But I, I, <laughs> I think I, 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 I just really like the opening of Wrong Turn because it's, I mean, rock climbers, it's something that you've never really seen. And I, I feel it, like I never really had seen it. I know I've seen that movie before, but I but it seemed new to me. I don't remember that at all until we watched it. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, Wrong Turn goes in this little thing I was going to talk about with um, with all these films in the 90s, kind of like, it, there was a resurgence of this, like, we have to get you with the opening. The opening has to be really good. Oh, yeah. Don't know why it started. I think some random movie came out in the mid-90s that really mm. inspired a lot of movies. And they all decided, like, teenagers or early 20-somethings have to have something horrible happen within the first three minutes or else it's a garbage movie. So all the movies kind of did this. Like, Wrong Turn. Yeah. And also both of the Urban Legend films all kind of have these, like, sucker-punchy... Like, before the credits opening. I mean, the second one's very kidney-punchy. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw that for the first time. I have never seen Urban Legends Final Cut until today. Um, I mean, I still haven't seen it. I've seen the first <laughs> ten minutes. And uh, 
Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, that's not. But also funny. We laughed really hard. Yeah. So thank you, Haven, good. for suggesting you, that. Haven. was really funny. Um, and the first urban legend has that scene with like the girl singing Total Eclipse of the Heart in her car. Oh, that one's so scary. Oh my god, I love it because that actress, Natasha Gregson Wagner, used to drive me bonkers. The guy like, with the stutter, it's so sad. Oh my god. There's someone in the backseat! Um, wrong turns of um wrong turns in urban legends. Um good openings as well. Yeah. And we'd say also with the filmic people, like those of you who like cinema, um, Halloween and Black Christmas also iconic openings. Seeing from the killers POV. Surprising. I mean, I would you're gonna crucify me for this, but I like the opening for the Rob Zombies Halloween better. Mm. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I thought I, I like the backstory that it gives Michael Myers, and I like Sherry Moon Zombie. Yeah, she's busy making some money. Making some money. Shout out for a representation of sex workers. <laughs> I don't understand. <sighs> Rob Zombie, I think you're a snack, and I really like you. And Sherry Moon Zombie, you are my hero and my heroes section of MySpace. Daddy. I love you guys. But why? <laughs> why? <laughs> all right. So those are all honorable mentions. If we've missed anything or there's any opening sequences that you love, 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 love a lot, uh, message us afterwards and let us know. And let's talk about it. Yeah. I like I like when um, we make decisions that you don't agree with because discussion of film is one of the most fun things you can do. Yes. So uh, if we didn't include anything that you really love, um, message us about it later. Now for our top two. <gasps> Drum roll, please. Mm. Our number two pick is the Scream franchise. Yes. And yes, we said franchise, like McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> originally, Scream and Scream 2 were both on this list. Mm-hmm. So I think it one was of the movies that c- carry out of the list in the first place. It, it, it was. Yeah. Um, so we had both openings because they're both different enough that they deserve their own spot but both really really iconic i mean it's it brings back that entire you know like slasher vibe exactly with what we're just saying about the entire group of like honorable mentions is that it influenced they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for scream exactly none of those movies would have happened if it wasn't for scream Mm -hmm. no one was making horror movies like this anymore Horror movies were back to being kind of stuffy. They were not teen-driven anymore. They weren't slasher movies anymore. The 80s were over. We were tired of it. We just wanted Silence of the Lambs and Misery and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And like, give us art house horror. And then Scream came out and everyone was like, oopsie, big oopsies. We actually want what we had in the 80s all over exactly. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Scream, and, Scream and Scream 2 both are very important films in my life. I don't know about the rest of you. Um... I feel like they're important for horror in general. Absolutely. Uh, the opening sequences especially. I thought it would be fun to talk about when we first saw these movies. So, do you remember the first time you saw Scream? Scream came out when I was a senior in high school in 1996. Do you remember? Well, I, I was, remember. <laughs> I was eight years old. Did you watch Scream? How long did it take for you to actually see these movies? Oh, it was a, it was a while. I, I had, it had to have at least been 12 Okay, so like... So I wouldn't see it until like 2000. So Scream 3 had already come out too, and... Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, well, I saw both of them on... Christian op- upbringing. I happens. saw them both on opening night. 
I saw Scream 1. Actually, I saw Scream 1 on a on a sneak preview that was like a couple of weeks before it came out. And I actually won the tickets on the radio. That's which is cool. like the back in the day, we had radio stations. <laughs> and sometimes the radios would have like a contest and you'd have to like be next to your phone and then dial this number. And then it would be a busy tone, like a doot, doot, doot. That they used to, phones used to do that. They don't do that anymore. They don't, yeah. never, it's never busy. Like, but now, uh, then it was busy. And then you had to hang up and star 69 yeah. or like redial and then call it again. And you do that like a crazy tweaker looking for an acorn oh until you got through. And like, you never had, got through. We had two phone lines growing up. And I would get on both phones yeah. and try and call I remember doing time. it at work. So I was like at my place of business, which was a vintage store at the time, like in Orange County, California. Uh-huh. And I was calling over and over and over again. And then I won the tickets and they had me on the radio. And they're like, it's for the new Drew Barrymore movie, Scream. And I was a lunatic. Somewhere, I'm like glad that things like that aren't safe. Because now that would be like on the internet. That's not on the internet because it was 1996. But um, I lost my mind. Because I was I'm the sure. biggest Drew Barrymore fan at that time. Yeah. Obsessed, obsessed. You so, still are the biggest Drew Barrymore but fan. But then, so much, because she hadn't done romantic comedies yet. Like, she was like Poison Ivy to me and like still Gertie or whatever. Like, she was, Drew was so important to me. I talked about marrying Drew Barrymore in my high school yearbook for senior year. Like, she was, this was the year I was like, I'm going to marry you. Oh. Never mind that I'm a homosexual. <laughs> I didn't even come out until the year after Scream came out. So, like, so, yeah, I was still closeted, and I was going to marry Drew Barrymore. And um, so the movie, we went to the premiere, and I took my friend. We went to the movie theater. I'm all dressed up and cute, and I'm ready to go inside. And then there's some, like, sexy boys in the lobby. And my friend was, like, in fishnets and looked all, like, hot and was, like, this, like, 30s beauty. Like, she had, like, the really thin eyebrows and, like, super hot girl. And she starts flirting with these boys. And I'm like, we have to go inside. The movie's going to start. And she's like, I will be in it in just a second. And I was like, no, like we're not missing the opening scene. And this is not, I didn't freak out because I knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was going to happen in this movie. It was like psycho. Like nobody, there was no preview of like. You thought that Drew Barrymore was going to be in it the entire She's the star time. of the movie. So yeah. All the promos were her face. It was like her name top of the like marquee. Like Drew, or it was like Andrew Barrymore. Like she was like the lead. Um. <laughs> so if I was finally was like, all right, screw you and your libido. I'm going inside. I'm going to go stand in the back and watch this movie and wait for you to come inside. I'm standing in the back. Of course. I'll, also, I'll pre- preface this by the, this friend of mine who shall be remain, remain nameless so you don't all attack her. She hated Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and really disrespected my relationship with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> serious. Like, did not serious. appreciate this. She also, I was also a huge fan of Rose McGowan already because of Doom Generation and Greg Rocky in general. And I knew she was in the movie also. So I was just like pinning everything on like, and I knew Rose McGowan was going to die because she just has like, I'm going to die in a horror movie written all over her face. (laughs) (laughs) That was fine with that. that's not the truth. Like you're going to be naked and mean and whatever and you're going to die. But Drew is going to be my hero. (sighs) Of course, my friend doesn't get into the theater to meet me in the back until the last three seconds of the opening scene. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I stood back there by myself in the dark watching my future wife get tortured for 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And then my supposedly heterosexual ass was crying like a baby (laughs) as she's being drugged in the grass like, Mom! Mom! (laughs) To which my friend looks at the screen, looks at me, looks back at the screen and is like, Ha! (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, 
punching her. This is also the same friend that tried to pierce her own eyebrow in a movie theater once. Stop remember it. I told oh you my that? god, yes. Movies were fun back then in the day. Do you remember movies? Like, God, I miss my going to the movies. Um, So I was a basket case. I was crying. And it wasn't even, like, scary to me. It was, like, what? it was the most traumatic thing I'd ever seen. Because <laughs> it was someone I loved so much just being tortured. Right. And her acting in that scene is the best acting, at least especially at that point in her career, was the best acting anyone had seen her do. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where you didn't know someone had it in you. I love when you get to see an actor, like, just pull some shit out of their heart and their brain that you didn't even know was there. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, it's 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 such an iconic film, in part. I mean, like, it's... And it's... Drew goes to this places that you're just like, oh, my God. There's all these stories about, like, the filming of that scene, like, that the police actually showed up because they were using real phones. Oh, wow. They filmed it for, like, three or four days or something, and uh, <laughs> they would use his real voice. They never saw Ghostface's, like, real actor, so, like, you, you just heard his voice. And Drew thought of all these messed up things, like something like dead puppies and things, to get to this place. And I had to get hugs and stuff between takes. And the police showed up on set because they found their phone calls and thought some girl was actually getting tortured. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so she's so good that your cops even came to get her. Uh... But it is it is probably my favorite acting of any scream queen, at least in an opening scene. It's Sarah Polly would be a close second, but like, but Drew goes to places that are just. It's been parodied and mocked and made fun of and teased and recreated so many times that we forget. But if you go into it fresh and it's brand new and you don't know what's happening in that movie, it breaks your heart. Yeah. She makes you love her immediately. I dressed up a uh, four 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 go gos for a for a party. <laughs> as Last Casey year, Becker, as Casey Becker, they all had they all had their jiffy pop, they had their wig and sweater, and they were all on a beach, all running away from a ghost face. <laughs> Shortly after that, the the Halloween after that movie came out in December, I believe. So like the Halloween after, I dressed as Drew Barrymore and went to West Hollywood's like street parade and walked around gutted, and I went home with two Satanists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, Actually not Jesus Christ. No. All. No. Praise the Dark Lord. I, yeah, I hooked up with two Satanist boys because they loved that I was dressed like Casey Becker. Good work. Good work, darling. So thanks for getting me laid, Drew. Hey. So what about so what about Scream 2? Because I, I don't remember when I first saw that, but... <laughs> I do remember when I saw it. Do you guys want another story? Yes. Tell okay, me, tell cool. me. So, like, so Scream 2, I wanted to see that opening night before anyone could ruin anything for me. And that was like back in the day in 1997, ruining it would be like someone calling your landline and telling you about a movie. It oh wasn't gosh, like we're now. talking about it in like... In, <laughs> it's in not like now. Period. You can't open your phone without someone being like, this happened on Game of Thrones. Oh like, God, <laughs> yeah. I was like so worried someone was going to call me and there tell me no what happened. There was no thing called a spoiler warning. Yeah, and it was like this big thing of like who the killers were going to be. Scream was like this weird thing. Like it was such a it, it, it was a cultural, yeah, it was a cultural phenomenon. Where they like had to like print the scripts in different colors that were unphotocopyable and nobody knew who the actual killer was in all these different sequels that they did because it was so... It was it was beyond a phenomenon that we we don't really see that in horror right now. Scream was like the last film to really be this like franchise onto itself. I mean, it's still going. Yeah, we get a new one in a year and a half. So yeah, God damn it! I hope they bring Kirby back. But Scream Two was very hotly anticipated. It was a big deal, and uh, so I went. I wanted to go opening night. But then I was like, no, I want to go on. Ho- I want to go on Halloween. I want to go on um, midnight the night before, 
which is something I still do if I get really jazzed about movies when movies actually still play that's, in that's, theaters. That's but crazy. it's fun to go at midnight because yeah. you get the crazy fans, right? So I was like, I'm going to go. But none of my friends wanted to go with me. <laughs> I don't know why, because I'm fun. Whatever. Were, but you they in, didn't... were you in California? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, nobody wanted to come with me on opening night. So uh, I was in Los Angeles, I remember. And so I went to one of the theaters on Sunset Boulevard, which were like the big, cool theaters back in the day. And when you got there, it was straight up out of like the movie. It was like a meta. <laughs> we're watching a movie in a movie theater, and then we're in the theater watching them doing it. And every okay, so I'm alone in a sold out movie theater. I had to sit on an aisle seat. I remember I sat like right against the aisle next to some stranger, and there was at least six people that had ghost face masks on. People That's... were screaming at the screen. They were running around. Everyone was like hectic and chaotic and i thought i was gonna have a goddamn heart attack like the whole (laughs) like i was jada pinkett for like 15 minutes and i was like i don't know who's sitting next to me and everyone's acting crazy and i'm very scared and um and that opening scene is just vicious i mean jada pinkett smith she's my she doesn't get enough credit for what she does She's, like, incredible in Demon Knight, and she's incredible in Scream 2. She's one of these actresses that should be in so much more. I feel like she's such a talented actress, and uh, you don't see her very much anymore. She's doing that red table talk with her uh, with her family. I want her to act. Things. I want her to be an actress. Talk about serious things. I love Jada Pinkett. Last thing I remember seeing her in was, like, Girls Trip, and I'm... That was funny. I was not a fan. Oh, I love Girls Trip. You shut it. I was not a fan. <laughs> um, but but I do love Jada Pinkett a lot. And I think that what she does in that scene is, is really fun. She's very smart. And uh, that film in general is really fun. Uh, but that opening scared the bejesus out of me. Seeing that yeah. alone with an overly enthusiastic crowd. That must yeah. I mean, like, that's like... Well, that's that's so funny that, that you say that that's like, exactly how it was. I mean, how it is in the movie. Because I was like... That's so... Things weren't like that, but no, it's crazy. No, people were they, nuts. They were, yeah. Yeah, people were so into this whole thing. I remember Scream 3 was the same way. It came out, like, what, 2000, I think? Around this time in 2000. So, like, three years after. So, it, would, like, had enough problems in the production that it took them a couple, a little lot longer. Like, Scream 2 got made a year after Scream 1. In and out. They were like, this is making a lot of money. Let's do another one. And, like, um... And it, and it doesn't suck. Like, a bunch mm-hmm. of the scenes in the movie, I think, are even better than the original. Like, I love Sam Michelle Geller's death scene. And there's so many fun people when you're, like, kind of, like, peeking out, like, oh, my God, that's Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. And oh, my God, she's so There's good. baby Portia de Rossi and the Noxzema girl. And, <laughs> like, oh, Timothy Oliphant, delicious. Uh, it's, yeah, Scream 2 is fantastic. And then Scream 3 came out, like, three years later, and had the most bogus opening. Like... Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for Parker Posey, that movie Fucking would just cum. have deleted itself in my brain. Parker Posey's Parker so Posey. great. So great. I want her to be in all of them now, because she's so fun. Uh, I had dreams that they were going to, like, kill Gail Weathers and then make Parker Posey the new Gail Weathers. <laughs> but... Only dreams can be a reality. Too dark, too dark. And then Scream Four came out. Like wait, wait Scream Three is after. the one with Courtney Cox's bangs, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the one with the okay. bangs. <laughs> Lemon suits and short, short bangs. <laughs> poor woman. Poor lady. I love that she's like now parodied herself and her bangs multiple times. I know. Times. I love it. It's great. Good sport, you are, Courtney Cox. Uh, yeah, those bangs are unfortunate. 
<laughs> a lot of things about Scream 3 are really unfortunate. I feel like they forgot that they were doing a parody of movies and they made a parody of themselves. So it's basically like you're watching a stab movie, but it's a Scream movie. And it's just not good. Uh, it's so It's so disappointing. What a disappointing film that is. That movie, I, because I didn't want to go alone like I did for Scream 2, yeah. I brought like 15 of my best friends. Oh, no. I remember we took Ecstasy. <laughs> this and escalated then very quickly. I dressed in like some long black sheathy dress and put like black skull makeup around my eyes. Almost didn't get admitted into the theater because I was too in costume. And I was like, bitch, you should have been at Scream 2. Yeah. <laughs> they are literally in costumes. I'm just being spooky. And um, and I, but I made, like, everyone I know come. Like, I'm like, we have to go. I'm not going alone. It's going to be so fun. And it sucked. And I feel like I was, like, apologizing half the movie to everyone. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll go to a bar after this. This sucks. <laughs> Do you want some of my popcorn? I'm like, ah, oh, shit. You pick the movie next week. There you go, right? We'll go see the Pikachu movie. And it's like, yeah, it was a bad choice. Um, and then Scream 4 came out. Also sort of disappointing, but much better than Scream 3. The and opening. The opening. It's like they knew their opening was just hot garbage in Scream yeah. 3. So they're like, we're going to do 17 openings. Again and again and again. A movie within a movie within a movie within a movie within an Anna Paquin within a movie. Which doesn't, I mean, does if you try to actually piece it apart and like analyze it. You can't. It's it doesn't make any sense. It's not meant to be. But you get to see Kristen Bell stab Anna Paquin, and that alone that, is price of admission. That is worth it. Because that was like around the time that Anna Paquin was doing True Blood, and it was like, I'm so tired of whiny, sooty stack So, good. so good. And Kristen Bell just like won my heart. Before she won my heart with Sloth, she won my heart by stabbing Anna that Paquin. That's when she was doing Veronica Mars then. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't watch Veronica Mars. <laughs> Veronica. I was just like, you're a hero. You're doing God's work. Shut her Dabbing. up. Did you see that coming? <laughs> so good. So good. Talk during the movie. God. All right. So that's Scream. What's our number one film? <gasps> the suspense is killing me. I know what you're asking. Oh my God. It's Jaws. It's Jaws. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. We're Wait. not... We just listened to you last week, and you picked Jaws as your number one choice last week. We promise you. First of all, no, we you. didn't. You're you're remembering things wrong. Um, I'm no. promising you. Gaslighting right aside. Uh, gaslighting. Gaslighting all aside. Yes, um, we picked Jaws last time. We did, and we promise you that it will. We will not, not pick be... it. No, we will not pick it for whatever our theme is next week. Yes, I promise. we promise it will not always continually be our Jaws our can't win one. every single top ten. It's list. true. It should. But it won't. <laughs> it won't win like best Italian horror film. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> it won't win best ending, uh, because it's not even a horror ending. Really, it's like an action movie. But yeah. the opening for it deserves this spot. Terrifying. It's beautiful. It's quick. It's short. It's bam. Like scares your pants off. And it then... scares you better in three minutes than most of the movies on this list do in fifteen. Ex- exactly. That. And also, you tell me that you can go take all your clothes off and go jump in the ocean once the sun goes down and not think about something chumpy-chumping on your on your, on your your bits. I mean, I... I, 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 I Have you ever had scene? seaweed touch your feet when you're uh, in the water? Especially at nighttime. I mean, yeah. like, I've had that happen on Fire Island and literally, like, want to die. Scary, scary. Whoa. You're like, I'm gonna pee in the ocean now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so scary. Uh... I think, yeah, also it set up this, the world of the movie right away. You see, like, the cute little beach town. 
at night. I really wanted to live in that world when I saw this as a kid. I remember just being like, I can't wait to go to the... Because I grew up by the beach, but in California. And I was like, I want to go to an East Coast beach where they have little fences. And I can sit in a bonfire and wear bell bottoms and smoke weed and then go meet a friend. (laughs) Like, I want this whole life. And then the shark eats her and I'm like, I don't want that life. I don't (laughs) want... Ouch. Ow. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the scene a little bit. The actress's name in that is, um, her name is Susan, which is funny because every time I don't know somebody's name, I call them Susan. <laughs> She's a real Susan. <laughs> her name is Susan Baccalini. And she was, uh, and I love that name. Susan Baccalini. Susan Baccalini. Baccalini. Like also, that. if you want a little chuckle, go look at her IMDb. Susan Baccalini has the most entertaining profile picture it, I've ever seen. On... It is so outrageous. I think I she's not... auditioning for Drag Race. <laughs> I, w- I wish. It was the best picture. And I was like, oh, this is a choice. Um, But yeah, Susan Baccalini. Welcome to she the was... stage, Baccalini. Baccalini. She's also in this movie, uh, The Day of the Animals, which is like this like um killer rats and chickens and things movie, Fuck which that. I I think we we'll right need there. to watch for a different a different episode. Um, day, I think the day of the animals. The day of the animals. We'll have to check that out. It's Add that to the list. Funny. I was wondering if it's food of the gods or day of the animals. I don't remember now. It was one of the movies with like animals get to disproportionate sizes and they attack you and it's like killer roosters and rats and. Oh my goodness. She's in one of those. That's like her other big, um, credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she um she was a swimming oriented stunt woman. She was she's like specialized in swimming. And stunt woman, um, and that's how she got cast for this movie. So she wasn't like a, a like a trained actress, right? She was, but her acting is unbelievable. I mean, well, how much of it was really acting? There's myths, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's always hard to tell based off of like looking on the internet for information about a film. How much of it is real? How much of it is a myth? How much of it is, you know, just stories? Mm-hmm. But supposedly, she got really injured doing this scene. Um, I've heard rumors that she broke bones or that she broke ribs and there's like a winch that's kind of pulling her around in yeah, the water. Yeah, like, like, how is that? How, how did, how do they Yeah, it's like that? a track with metal things Jesus attached Christ. to her harness and attached to her <laughs> and then pulling her around in the real ocean. Um, ah! So, I mean, Owie... <coughs> When, when she's yelling, it hurts, it hurts, there's rumors that she's really saying, it hurts, it hurts, to, like, the filmmakers. The and filmmakers. they're like, that's great, keep that's going! Great. <laughs> Which is very, like, baby Steven Spielberg. Like, back in the day, like, it's like the 70s and early 80s, directors did some bullshit to get their oh, actors yeah. to do things. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even venture to go far into the 60s for this, too. Like, there's, like... There's just a whole league of directors that I love so much that are basically garbage. When you like, if you're a beautiful woman in your movie, you're like, uh, so you're not gonna take care of me at all, are you? Like, no. no. Come on, Ellen Burstyn, yeah, fly across the room, break your back. <laughs> like, you want an Oscar? You better work for it, bitch. Yeah, it was intense. Like being an actor in, in oh, these yeah. movies, the birds are like just like blocking her in a cage and throwing birds at her head. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't laugh, but most of the people that did these things are dead, so no. it's okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, like, yeah, all these people that I look up to, like, or looked up to, whatever, like, we have people that are the masters, like Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick and, <laughs> and like, baby Steven Spielberg. They just did some bullshit to get the actors they to did, do stuff. They did, to really get them to that point. And it works, you know? Like, they're, 
the fear that she is projecting in that scene is just crazy. My favorite thing that actually happens is the very, very last, her last scream. Yeah. Right before she goes underwater. She, uh, most movies I've noticed that take place in the ocean or in pools or whatever, when somebody is about to get killed in the water, they scream and then they like go underwater. This is the first one where, or the only one I can actually think of where the scream continues as she's going under. Yeah. So it's like, ah, like you hear it. Like she fucking drank some fucking salt water, like making that last scream. And I hope that was the last take. Like, I hope like after that, they gave her some like a hot toddy. All right, back to one, back to one. All right, Susan, you got a hot toddy. (laughs) Let's go wrap you in a blanket. You did so good. let's get you to the doctor um yeah i I mean like but that's that that's so the the beauty of those those first three minutes is that it just goes from like you know these hippie lovely people just getting like stoned and whatnot on on the beach to you know oh wait we're gonna see some tits like tetas um and then you know like bam shark attack hits her chaotic crazy death and then silence and it's like right back to normal um, peaceful as if it, ne- it never happened, which just makes it that much more scary. Yeah, and we pick it as the scariest opening scene of all time because it is the most memorable scene. And I'd I think it's that, affected the most people, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, once you saw it, you basically would never go in the water again the same way, and that's... Especially not at night. Especially not at... Yeah, like, not at all for years. Yeah. Like, some people were like, fuck the water. Gidget had made all this, like, goodwill with, like, surfing and beaches and, uh-huh. like, come to the beach! And then Jaws came out and it was like, fuck the beach! Like, <laughs> people were so scared. Uh, and it was, you know, the first blockbuster and it was the first movie to really do this kind of opening. It's the oldest movie on this list and I think that's because the longer I, like, looked for... is I want to be fair to movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. I couldn't find any examples of any movies that really had a huge impact in their first 5, 10, 15 minutes like this. You think of Psycho, that movie didn't do it to like the 40 minute, 45 minute mark. Like, it is very rare to see something shocking in the very beginning of a film. We did talk oh, last week what's about... what's that Betty Davis movie that I love? <laughs> we talked about Black Sunday last week about being like the Daddy's Corner movie. That has a pretty shocking opening. I felt it was a little redundant to talk about it twice. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte. That actually has a crazy one where you see so there's an axe murder in the first like five minutes and you don't know what happened. But that's hush, about hush, it. sweet Charlotte's from the early '80s. No. You talking about the Brooke Shields version? No. Oh, oh my god, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Betty Davis. Oh, I don't and know. The- <laughs> not the Brooke Shields version. The Brooke Shields version is good, man. I don't know. No. Oh my goodness, is this way? Uh, no, the Betty Davis version. Oh my goodness, we have to watch that. I I've mean, never is, seen that. It's, it's before whatever happened to Baby Jane. That's from 1964. Um, I just looked it up. Yeah. So it's, yes, that's before. That, I, but that that that's one of the only ones that I I can think of, and I very well like could be remembering it wrong, but um. I'm I'm pretty sure there's like a there's a whole just kind of like jump start kind of like that. I mean, well, what about Psycho? That's what yeah, that's what I was just saying that that doesn't happen to for about forty five minutes. Oh um, yeah, it's a surprise because she's the lead, so you're like, oh, she's the lead, and she was right. famous, and then she died later. It's like your hereditary pick. Forty five <laughs> minutes in is not an opening scene. There you go, right? See, <laughs> but if you want your bang for your buck. 
swim around underwater for a minute and then have a good death and you're only less than five minutes in and the movie starts and you're already scared and you didn't even see anything you just saw someone screaming on the top of the water super effective it's great and your uh you know your knight in shining armor is passed out on the beach (laughs) (laughs) if i had a story for every time some boy fell asleep on the beach while i'm being you would be writing an autobiography (gasps) so yes jaws was number one again this week just like it was last week I promise you, I pinky swear you, that I will not pick Jaws at all for whatever our list is next week. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if Jaws was on every list, but just, like, for no reason? Like, scariest children. I'm like, that boy on the raft terrified me. (laughs) God, Chris is so predictable. Ay, ay, ay. So no Jaws this time, but we will play Jaws as our outro music so that you can Just sing along with us a little bit. Oh, always. It was fun talking with you guys. Thank you guys so much. We're wrap- going to wrap it up on this side of things. Make sure that you are subscribing and rating um, wherever you're getting this podcast because that helps us. We are just brand new and getting started. It helps us, you know, broaden our reach. We are just growing into ourselves. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Um, Dirty Pillows Podcast. We have all of our links in our bio. And if you want to email us, you guys can totally do that too. It's, yeah. We'll even rate you back. Oh my God, we will. Um, it's, <laughs> Which I can't say for my real email. Any questions, any any recommendations, anything like that, just hit us up at thedirtypillowspodcast at gmail.com. What is that one more time for those of them that are running to grab a pen? Oh my goodness. Thedirtypillowspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. So send us some emails. Give us things to read. All and right. um, if you want to start a fight, start a fight. I mean, yeah. We want to talk about movies. And so what did we miss on this list? What would you like to hear about next time? Hit us up. And we're, we're both on Twitter and Instagram all the time as well. So we love you guys so much, Miss Spooky Babies. Love you to death. And we will um, see you next time. Farewell and adieu, mm. you fair Spanish ladies. Well, and you ladies of Spain, Spain, I've soon received orders to go back to Boston. So never my pretty again. Ow. Love you to death. <laughs>